next thing is, let's go to Numbers. Now, if you've got my notes, you've looked at my notes, and you're like, please, Lord, you've been praying the whole service, please, Lord, do not let him read all of this scripture. Because there is so much scripture in my notes that it's crazy. So, that's just for you, because we're not going to read every jot and tittle of that scripture to do it. This is for you to go back and look at some other time. But, uh, you, the rest of you will get it as it comes out if you don't have my notes. So we're going to go to Numbers chapter 27. And this starts the story of this family. And he had all girls, Jesse. You don't know anybody like that, do you? Okay, he had all girls. And then he had died in the wilderness, in the wilderness experience. Now in those days, if you were a woman, Denise... You could not inherit your father's property. It just ain't coming your way. It would go to the boys, and the women were just kind of left out. You were given over to some man to be married, and you had that inheritance would come to you because of that man, but you were basically by yourself. So this is brand new teaching to the Israelites, because here's a man, had some daughters. They're like, our dad's dead, but he was promised some promised land. He was given an inheritance in the promised land. We would like that land. And everybody's like, probably like, whoa, whoa, you, you can't inherit. You're a woman. And so they came to Moses. And so we're going to start reading down in here somewhere about verse, oh, I don't know, probably six or seven or eight or something. I don't know where I'm going to read because this my thing doesn't give me verses. And so they were asking this. And so it says, and the Lord said to Moses, so Moses took it before God, the daughter's of, and this is a really crazy name, Zelophehad, so we'll just call him Z for short. All right, you shall, give them, you shall give them possession of an inheritance among their father's brothers, and then transfer the inheritance of their father to them. And you shall speak to the people of Israel, saying, If a man dies and has no sons, then you shall transfer inheritance to his daughters. And if he has no daughters, then you shall give his inheritance to his brothers. And if he has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father's has no brothers, then you shall give his inheritance to the nearest kinsman of his clan, and he shall possess it. And he, it shall be for the people of Israel a statute and a rule as the Lord commanded Moses. So this is the law that was given for inheritance. So when you and I are in the United States, we use a lot of judo, judo, not judo, J, Judea. Judea rules. Christian Judea rules. There, I got it right. Now I got it out. Because our founding fathers used this kind of stuff to decide. So, they said, in inheritance, when you go do your court probate, the first thing they look at is, do you have a spouse? The inheritance goes to the spouse if there's no will. Then they look at if there's no spouse, do you have kids? Then it goes to the kids. If you have no kids, then it goes to brothers or sisters. If you have no brothers or sisters, it goes to the next kin. Now, the problem is in our culture right now is during the whole process, if you don't have a will, the lawyers are eating your estate up because they get paid by the hour and they love their hours. 
And so they will use up the entire estate, deciding who gets what's left of the estate. So that's why we're doing this estate planning, so that you can write a will, do a living trust, power of attorneys, executors, and those kind of things. But it's based on this, is what the law was originally written, but just nowadays we've kind of messed it up. Now, here's where we're going to take it deeper than just your personal property. Because personal property is necessary because in New Testament says he that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. In other words, he that doesn't give an inheritance to his family is worse than if because also an inheritance is if Rebecca and I spend all of our money and we rack up huge credit card bills, guess who gets that inheritance when we die? Matthias. So when we tell him we're not going out to eat because we want to do a budget, he needs to understand that that's so that when he gets the inheritance, he doesn't show up with a $3,000 credit card bill because we ate at Burger King the other day and had a $70 bill for him to eat Burger King. So that's why it's important we teach our kids that this is what we're trying to do, pass you an inheritance. Because we can either pass debt or we can pass property. And in our culture today, there's another big problem. It's blended families. It's blended families. And it makes a mess. And I'll just give you a for instance. This is a case that happens in our family. My mom's older brother was divorced and remarried. His first set of kids, four daughters, were from the first marriage. Then he had another son from his marriage to the new wife. And she had three kids from her first marriage. So now there's eight kids in the family and they're all blended together. One is a brother kind of to all of them and the others are step-siblings or whatever. So her brother passes away. I mean, my grandmother passes away. Her part of the estate goes to her brother, that third or whatever. He now has passed away. It goes to his wife. She has given the money to her kids, not to his kids. So his four daughters that were actually related back to my grandma got nothing of the inheritance. But her three kids, which weren't blood family to the grandma, and the one son that was related to grandma, got all the money because that was her kids. Guess what my cousins, the four girls, feel like? They would like to go to Moses and say, this ain't right. We got nothing out of the inheritance from our grandparents. Right? And so it kind of messes things up. So when you come to this estate planning stuff and you're doing your wills, you need to realize there is going to be some people that are not going to be happy no matter how you write it. And if you really, really, really want to know something, is no matter how close your family is, when lots of money gets involved, it don't go good as you want it to go. Because I thought mom's family was pretty close. I thought dad's family was a mess. The Buchanan's are just disasters. Right, Twyla? Yeah. But they didn't have a lot of money. So they didn't get in the fights that the other three kids did. 
on my mom's side of the family because there was a lot more money. There was a farm and an estate and all this marriage stuff that happened. And so, you know, it's kind of a mess. So no matter what you do, realize when you leave this earth, whatever you leave your kids is going to cause some kind of heartache. Now, how much heartache is based upon what we do as parents, training, teaching, and communicating before it ever happens? Okay, so take that. Now, let's dive deep into the spiritual aspect of this. And we're going to go to one specific family in the tribe of, uh, in the whole thing of Israel. And that was the tribe of Judah. Does anybody know about Judah? There was Abraham. He had a son named Isaac. Isaac had two sons. Talk about fight amongst the inheritance. Jacob and Esau. One tricked one out of his inheritance and went and tricked the dad to get the blessing for the inheritance. And his name was Jacob. He was later changed to Israel. He had 12 sons. What a mess. Ten sons hated one son because he got favoritism. Because he was from the mother that the dad really loved. The others were from the people that dad didn't really like. He just had a bunch of kids. Blended family. So... He gives a blessing, an inheritance to his children. One of them was named Judah. Now here's the thing about Judah. Judah wanted to kill the favorite brother. He's like, let's kill him. Reuben, the oldest brother, says, let's let's just put him in a pit. I'm going to come back and I'll rescue him. And while he was doing all that stuff, the other brother's like, hey, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. Let's make some money off of him and send him off into Egypt as a slave. But Judah was the one like, here comes the old favorite brother. Let's just go ahead and kill him. Now they come to the place where Israel is blessing the children because it wasn't just about property. It's also about a blessing. And so he's prophesying and blessing the tribe of Judah. And I want to go to that. Genesis chapter 49, verse 9 through 12. And this is what Israel, which was Jacob, told Judah. Now, this is the son that wants to kill the other children. Not really sure why this was said over him other than God gives to God and he knows the plans and purposes he has for kids, grandkids, and later on. He knows what's going to come. And so he gives this. He says, Judah is a lion's cub from the prey, my son. You have gone up. He stooped down and he crouched as a lion and as a lioness who dares rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him and to him shall be the obedience of the people binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to choice wines he has washed his garment in wine and his vestures in the blood of grapes his eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk now that's a lot of really symbolism in there but we on this side of it know that most all that blessing came through jesus because his garment was washed in the blood we drink in communion a grape juice to represent the blood which is the washing of his garment through the and so here's judah prophesying i mean isaac or i mean israel prophesying over judah about jesus in the blessing do you see how we give an inheritance to our children and our grandchildren and our great children more than property it's more than just i'm going to give you Matthias, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you two cars, a goat, and a dog. Since I know you hate the dog, I'm going to give you something in your life that's going to help you. Right? You know. 
So you give them two blessings and a curse. I mean, that's just what you do, you know, just because you just love your children and you want to make their lives like they should be, right? So we give our kids more than just property. We give them an inheritance of who we are and what God has called on the family. And it came through Judah. Then it comes to this man named Caleb. Now, Caleb was a man that came out of Egypt with the children of Israel. And you'll find it in Numbers 17 that he was sent as a spy into the land, a land representing Judah, the spy that went in. They spied out the land. He come back. Ten spies said, we can't go into Israel. We can't do it. We can't beat those guys. There's giants in the land. They, we look like grasshoppers to him. And Caleb says, hey, we can do it. We can do this. God is with us. We can ha- handle this. And the other ten, no, no. And they rouse up the people and they fight against them. And they say, no, we're not going to do it. So God comes down and he says, I'm done with you. I'm done with your generation. I've done with everything you've done. I've brought you out of Egypt with ten plagues. I've crossed the Red Sea with you. I brought you to Sinai. You saw the smoke descend. You've seen everything of my glory, and you still don't trust me. I'm done. You're not going to make it. All of you over 12 years old are going to die, except for two people, Joshua and Caleb. Because Joshua said, hey, you know what? Caleb's making sense. I'm going to decide with Joshua, uh, Caleb. But Caleb was the one that stood up and said, this is what we're going to do. And God said, through Moses, every piece of ground that you walked over, Caleb, everything you spied will be your inheritance when you walk into the promised land. Fast forward 40 years. Caleb's like 40 years old when this happens. Fast forward 40 years. He's now 80, 85. They start into the promised land. He's 80 when they go in. They take five years to do this multiple campaign where all the tribes of Israel defend on Jericho, go to Hazar, go to Gibeon. They start, you know, it's five years of battling. After the five years, they've kind of conquered some of the bigger cities. And he says, Joshua's like, it's time to give away your inheritance. So Caleb approaches Joshua and says, remember? Remember back 45 years ago? Me and you, we're the only two old guys. Everybody else is under 40. Me and you are 85. I want mine. Joshua said, God said it, you have it. Now here's the deal. Caleb gets all of the desert of the south and the mountains. Because that's what he walked on. Hebron, one of the large cities. Guess what dwells in the cities of Hebron? Giants. Big men. What were the ten spies scared of before the children of Israel went in? Giants. What did Caleb say I can go do? I can defeat the giants. So he's given the land. He's given the place. He's given the city that has all of the giants, the Amalekites. Joshua, I mean, Caleb's like, no big deal. I'm 85. I can take them. They're, they're too young to understand battle. I can beat them. So he takes his clan, the Calebites. He got a few other Kenanites and some Simeonites, and they're like, well, go do it. And so they start wiping out the giants in the mountains. Kill them, take them, defeat them. He's the only person in all of Israel that completely drove out everybody out of the land he inherited. The other tribe of Judah, 
which was his cousins and nephews and stuff, they didn't drive them out. They kind of let them live there. They kind of went in, fought them a little bit, withdrew, fought them a little bit, withdrew. But the 85-year-old man's like, you know, I ain't got a lot of time. Let's just go ahead and get rid of everybody. So he wiped them out. He was a giant killer. So what can we learn from this? We can learn that in our lives, there are things that we can stand on, and there's things that we need to fight. We can stand on God's promise. We can stand on God's promises. When it comes to the Scripture, we can stand on God's promises. But you can also stand on what God has told you specifically through rhema words, through prophecies. You can stand on them. You do not need to not trust Him. You need to say, if God said it, I can do it. And you need to stand on it. If you stand on it, the inheritance you're going to pass is just like Caleb. Because guess where all of Caleb's children live for the rest of their lives? And their grandchildren. And his great-grandchildren. In the mountain and the deserts. And they didn't have to worry about any more giants. They didn't have to worry about anybody in those lands because Caleb had taken care of it. Because he stood on the promise. And he's like, I can do this. God says I can. I can do this. But he had to destroy his giants. He had to take them out. Now, stand on the promise. Defeat the giants. Now, there's a lot of giants that you've inherited from your parents. I inherited giants from my parents. They inherited giants from their parents. I'll just give you a couple. My dad's family and my mom's family are really bad addicted to alcohol and drugs. Messed up. Matter of fact, I had to go do uh, this rape course because I'm trying to get into the jail to do some ministry, so I have to learn how not to be raped and all this kind of crazy stuff. I'm not sure how the PowerPoint is going to keep me from being raped, but, you know, hey, i got a PowerPoint to say not to do it now, you know. So I had to go do that. But one of the things in the PowerPoint was, if you have anybody in jail, you need to inform the sheriff's department. Uh, I got a cousin. Been there a couple of years now. Who is he? Eric Hanger? Yep, see him right there. You can't go into block A, C, D, B, F, G. I don't have any idea how all that works. You can't do it because he's in there. Any other family? You know, I don't think there's any Buchanan's in there right now. I think we're okay. But I had to do that. Why? Because my family has a terrible, terrible giant of addiction. Addictive behavior. Dad's side was alcohol. Mom's side has been drugs and alcohol. And it's, that's a giant. Now, my dad defeated the giant in his life. My mom defeated the giant in her life. I praise the Lord for that. Because I did not have to grow up with that giant in my house. But here's the deal. I still have to defeat the giant. Here's where the story gets interesting in Caleb. Caleb's children, there was this person named Naomi. Do you know who Naomi is? She was a lady that was married to a man. They went over to the Moabites. They had sons. The father dies. The sons die. And this girl named Ruth comes back with Naomi. Ruth gets married to Boaz. 
who has a son named Obed. Obed has a son named Jesse. Jesse has a son named David. Now, they're from the tribe of Judah, but Obed is a kinsman-redeemed son of the Naomi branch. The Naomi branch are direct descendants of Caleb. David, first act, after he gets anointed king, guess what he goes does? Goes, kills a giant. You know what kind of giant he killed? A descendant of the Amalekites that their other tribe of Judah had not killed that had joined forces with the Philistines. So you know what that tells me? That even though my mom and dad killed their giants, that giant is still there for me to defeat because it's still going to come and revisit my generation. You know what that tells me? That I need to teach my sons and my daughter to be ready to face the same giant. That just because my parents killed the giant doesn't mean all the giants have been destroyed. It means I must learn how to defeat giants and my great-great-grandson needs to learn how to defeat giants. Otherwise, that giant will reappear someday and say, I defy you and your inheritance. I'm going to take it from you. So it's up to me to slay my giants. And it's up to my children to slay his giants. But it's up to me to train my son how to defeat the giant. Does everybody see that? That's my inheritance to my son to be a giant slayer. That's what Caleb inheritance through Naomi, through Ruth, to David was. I'm going to teach you how to be a giant slayer. So when King Saul didn't defeat the, the giant, you know why? Because his family had never driven all the giants out of their land. He couldn't. He had never been taught how to kill a giant. Giant showed up. He gets scared. Maybe somebody will kill him. I'll promise my daughter to him. David comes along and says, Hey, I'm a giant killer. I'm from a long line of giant killers. My great, 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 great grandfather is Caleb. I can slay this giant because I know God is with me just as he was with Caleb who killed all the giants. But there's all kinds of giants. There's inferiority. You just don't measure up. You're never going to be worth anything. You're just, you're a weakling. You're the least of your clan. You're the smallest. You're the oldest. You're, you're just messed up. That's another giant. Rejection. Rejection came from my mom's side too. Rejection is a giant that needs to be slayed every generation for my family. There are lots and lots of things that we pass to our kids. Now, I wish I could say I was the great giant slayer that had totally slayed all the giants in my life. But you know, at 54, I'm finding there's still some giants in my life. And last week, the sermon from last week, if you want to get that sermon from last week, it's on the website. Go to clctn.com backslash sermons, and it will be the one that says thoughts and beliefs. You can listen to that sermon. kind of gives you an idea of one of my giants. But I heard something from my oldest son this week in talking to him that I realized there was a giant he was facing that I have just recently started to kill and I realized my son is having to defeat that giant. Actually, both sons are having to defeat that giant. But I heard it out of this son's mouth. So, you know what I have to do? Go in and kill the giant for him. 
I wish. I can't. I have to worst teach him the promise. Because Caleb understood the promise and he stood on the promise of God. So I have to teach him first, what is the promise? What does God say about you, son? What does God say about our family? What does God say that you are and what is your inheritance as a son of God, as a child of God, and in this? So I have to teach him that first. Then I start to teach him how to slay giants. Okay, son, here's how you handle this. Here's how you're going to combat it. Now, with me, for like alcohol, my dad said, you know what? Our family is drunks. Uh, my grandf- great-grandfather was the town drunk. Jesse? Yeah. Jesse Buchanan. And my grandmother used to take me to visit him in the invalid home. I don't know what you'd call it. Just where a bunch of old drunks sat around. And we would take him a beer, and I would visit my old drunk grandfather, great-grandfather. And at that young, young age, my grandmother would tell me stories about how bad it was. And my dad had told me some stuff about what he had gone through. And I'm like, you know what? I am at this age. I was probably six, seven, eight. I made a decision. I am not going to ever touch alcohol. Because sitting in that invalid home with my great-grandfather, I looked at him, I'm like, I do not want to end up like you. I don't want to end up like my grandfather ended up. I don't want to end up like some of my uncles or my aunts or whatever, you know, all, some of those great uncles and great aunts or whatever it was that had all that going in them. Right, Twyla? I don't want to end up. So I am not going to touch alcohol. I'm not going to drink it. I'm not going to do anything with it because, you know what? It's easier if I never have the giant in my life to slay than to have the giant and then have to kill it. So I just stayed away from it. But I still have to teach my children how to stay away from it because it is something that will be in their lives. Did I have opportunities to drink alcohol? Go to college. (laughs) Go to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans, you know. Go get on an airplane with a bunch of Christians coming home from Israel and they give you a box of chocolates and it's filled with rum. Like, what is this? And I took, oh, something's wrong with this candy. It's gone bad. And the guy's like, oh, it's got rum in it. I'm like, what? No. He said, I'll take it. He's the pastor. (laughs) Drink it all. I don't care. I'm not touching no rum. Because I have made a covenant that I'm going to slay that giant. Now, rejection? (laughs) I didn't even know it was a giant. It's a sleeping giant that lived in my house. It slept in my bed, under my bed, on top of my bed, all over my bed. So I had to have been killing that giant. So what I hear out of my son's voice is some rejection giants. Wait, I, I thought I took care of that for him. No, I can't take care of killing his giants. I hear a little bit of inferiority coming out of my sons. What? My wife killing the giants? You know what? They gotta learn how to kill their giants. So we have to teach them to war. To take care of their giants. Because here's the deal. When you walk this earth, you're given blessings and curses. Blessings are from God, curses are the giants. They both come down into your life, and you have to take care of them in your life. But our job as parents. The transformational parents class 
is I've got to teach my kids how to combat the giants. How to stand on promises and how to combat the giants. How to stand on the promise, how to combat the giants. How to find the promise, how to kill that giant. Because the giants seem to multiply like rabbits. At least around my house they do. It's like a weed. It just keeps coming back, coming back, coming back. So if I know it keeps coming back in my life, I know they've got to do the same. So I'm going to pass property to my kids. I'm hoping to leave them a dollar or two and a dog. Just for Matthias. <laughs> I hope to leave them a car. I hope to leave my wife with a good insurance policy so that she can live the rest of the days of her life without having to work. Because why? I want to pass along my assets, not my debts. But in the spiritual aspect, I want to pass along as many blessings as I can, but you know what I also know that I'm going to be passing along? Is I'm going to be passing along debts that I did not know I had. Just as my parents did not know some of the giants they were passing to me. I don't care who you are. Every generation should learn something new. There's things that I'm learning now that my parents had no idea that was even out there. And with technology today, like Google, there's things my kids are going to know about and giants they're going to face that I never had to face. Pornography. You know, as a boy, if I'd had one of these, that giant would have been a monster giant in my life. Because if you wanted to get pornography when I was a kid... You had to go to your cousin's house and go sneak in his barn where he'd stole his playboys out of his uncle's bed to put in the barn. Because you sure couldn't buy it in the store unless you got a Sports Illustrated. <laughs> Swimsuit edition. Or maybe a Victoria's Secret catalog if your mom was that risque. That's as close as you could get to it. But nowadays, we give our kids smartphones. And on a smartphone, there is nothing that stops them from getting a hold of that. You know what? That's a giant. I didn't necessarily have to face at that time because it wasn't as prevalent that he's going to have to slay, and he's going to have to slay a lot harder than I ever had to slay against. Their kids, who knows what they're going to have? But if I don't teach them how to do it, if I don't pass that along, but I know I'm going to pass some kind of debt to them, I'm going to pass some kind of inheritance that I don't want to pass to them just because I don't even know it's there. It exists. And I'm going to pass it to him. He's going to look at it one day and he's like, Dad, why did you screw me up so bad? Just like I look at Mom and Dad. Why did y'all screw me up so bad? You know? Couldn't y'all take care of this giant? Why did I have to fight it? Because no matter how good of giant killers they are, no matter how good a giant killer I am, Those giants still roam the land. And they're going to roam the land because, and here's the because, it's because God wants us to rely on Him and Him alone and not who our parents are. When Jesus came to this earth, He looked at all the Israelites and He said, You say... You're the seeds of Abraham, and you think you're blessed. But there's coming a day when there are going to be people come to my Father that you don't even know about. 
that will love Him and endear himself, themselves to Him so much so that He will call them His children and He will push you away because of their faithfulness. Because it's not about who you belong to, earthly-wise. It belongs to who you belong to, heavenly-wise. And He lets you face your giants. He lets you see those giants. But He also gives you all the blessings that you can overcome those giants if you will trust and believe in Him and put your eyes on Him and look to Him and head off into the places He's promised you to take. So, tonight we're going to do a parenting class, transformational parenting class, where we learn how to teach our kids to stand on promises and defeat giants. Tuesday, we're going to have two lawyers in here come and tell you how you can give your estate to your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews, your dogs, whatever you want to give your estate to, by law. But God has so much more. And He's put in us so much more to give as we step into the spiritual realm and walk what God's called us to walk. So I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to ask one question first, and it's probably the most important question I'm going to ask. If you're here, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your God, your King, and you've been adopted into the tribe of Judah, and specifically into the tribe of Caleb so that you can be a giant killer. Because if you don't know that part, none of the rest of this thing is going to happen. If you're here and you're like, you know, I don't know that. And I want to know that that's who my God is. I want to say that that is my God and I want to be adopted in that family. I need to get that done first. If that's you here and you say, like, I can do that, I want you to slip your hand up and say, that's me. I need to get that set right first. Okay, I don't see any hands. That's great. That's awesome. That means, hopefully, and I'm going to trust in God by faith, that everybody else here has already been grafted into the Caleb tribe. You're a Calebite. You're a giant killer. But the first place that Caleb had to come to is, he had to trust in the promises of God. And if you're here and you're like, you know what? I'm not trusting God with the promises of my life. Sometimes I, I falter, I doubt I don't stand on what he said. I, I kind of quibble and I back up. And you're like, you know what? I need to stand up like Caleb and say, God said it. He'll supply my need. He'll supply whatever I've got to have. And I can do it no matter my age, no matter my condition. If that's you, you're like, I need to get that in my life. That's you. Raise your hand and say, I need that right now. Okay, I see those hands. I see those hands. Father, I ask you right now. Father, as Calebites grafted into the tribe of Judah. We want to stand and trust just as Caleb did in everything you say, every promise you have given us, every promise that's in the scripture. We say, Yes, we will do it. We have it. We want it. For every promise you've given us as individuals through prophecies, through words, we say, Yes, we can do it. Because we know whatever you've said we can do. And we trust you as our Father, as our King, as our Lord. 
we thank you for that in Jesus' name. If you're here and you've got some giants in your life, you know what they are. Maybe I didn't even mention any of the giants, but you've got giants in your life and you've come up against them and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to kind of shrink back from those giants. I'm not going to take that land. I'm not going to really do anything because uh, it's kind of scary to think about the change in that. And you're like, you know what, I need to step up and start defeating some giants. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand up and say, that's me, I need to defeat some giants. Father, you see all these people that raise their hand. And Father, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to give your spirit with power that they can destroy giants in their land. They can destroy giants in the inheritance that you've given them. Whatever it is, Father, whatever it is that is stopping them from being able to complete what you've called them to complete, I ask you to give them the power to overcome. Just as Caleb had that power to overcome it, we declare that right now in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name, I pray for each and every person here for a spirit of a giant killer. If you're here and you realize that you have passed some giants down to the generation below you, and you're like, you know what, I need to do some teaching, I need some training, I need to do something to, to help the next generation behind me. Maybe, maybe it's your children, maybe it's your grandchildren, whatever it is. And you're like, I need wisdom on how to teach, to stand on promises, and how to teach them how to defeat the giant. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up and say, that's me. Father, you see all of our hands. You see all of our hands. Father, every one of us, every one of us has passed giants down to the next generation. Father, forgive us. We did not know what we did. And Jesus, we know on the cross you said, forgive them for they know not what they do. So we know that you have forgiven us for that. But Father, we ask you for wisdom. And Father, your real word, your promise is, if you ask, you will give us wisdom abundantly, without reservations. I ask you to give us that wisdom on how to teach and train those that we have left giants for so that they might be able to defeat the giants in their life. That they can stand up as David later stood up and said, Ha! Giants. No big deal. My great-great-grandfather taught me how to kill these things. Father, we just ask you for that right now in Jesus' name. That we have wisdom to teach and train. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for hanging with me through this five-week sermon all in one day, one hour. But if you're here and you need some kind of extra prayer, I'm going to be up here. You come up. We'll pray. We'll agree with something. Maybe there's specifically something that you want to destroy a giant that you need prayer over. Maybe a promise that you need to have reiterated to you. But come up for prayer for anything, finances, relationships, whatever it might be. But otherwise, follow Rebecca in this last song as we get ready to leave this place, as we worship God, because He is the one that will take us over the place of giants. I could never earn.